What's up, Jay Bros? Live from Toronto, Ontario, and Kansas City, Missouri, this is the Torture Rack Podcast. I am your host, Mark Mask. My co-host is John F. Malta, and we are very happy to be here with you, our friends in wrestling. John, say something. Let the people know we're alive, pal. On July 2nd, 2021, <laughs> we left professional wrestling. And on September 16th, 2021, we're back. It's season oh two gosh. of Torture Act, and it's clobbering time, my friend. It is clobbering time. My lord. Well, it's a good thing we didn't take a break when anything important was happening <laughs> in wrestling. Dude, I have been thinking about this. I was just thinking about it before we started recording. Like, last year... During the pandemic, I mean, the pandemic's still happening, but, like, last year in, like, July, we were covering full dark episodes. <laughs> like, Butcher versus Random. <laughs> Butcher AEW versus wrestler. Blade. Yeah, yes. Butcher versus Blade. TH2 versus TH2. Uh, and in our absence... Maybe we should just not just keep not recording this podcast because so yeah, much I think has we should happened. Not, I think we should not put this out because I think maybe we were a little bit of a jinx. As soon as we stopped, CM Punk debuted, Daniel Bryan debuted, Adam Cole, baby, debuted, Ruby Soho debuted. Uh, WWE is going to a fucking <laughs> dumpster. But Big E became champion. Big E's champion. Well, we don't even know. Maybe by the time we drop this episode, uh, they'll have put it on like... Horton Swoggle or something like that, just based on how things are going. But Braun uh, Breaker. Uh... <laughs> oh my god! I thought I was gonna get to tell you about that, but you already know. I'm not quite oh sure gosh. what the reference. I know it's. I think it's a new NXT person. I'm not. I'm not quite sure. So I've just seen people it... keep writing that name online. Okay. Well, now that you've said that, so NXT 2.0. Right now, I did not watch it because I just can't. It's like seeing. I feel like Don Corleone from The Godfather. I'm like. Look how they massacred my boy. <laughs> but so basically in one of the first matches, Braun Breaker, who was supposed to be Rex Steiner. Dude. Because he's one yeah, of the Yeah, that name's six. I thought, Way see, better. and in my mind when I made that reference, I was cycling between Rex Steiner and Braun Breaker thinking they were two different people. They're this. They are one and the same. That's how you know that Vince is involved in NXT. He's like, oh, no. Jane, Rick, Rex Steiner. What about Braun <laughs> Breaker? Ah. I also have to send you a... I'm going to send you a photo right now. I hope you're able to receive emails. Yeah, I, I, can, wanted to, I can bring up an email. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that in a second. But yes, so basically in one of the first matches on NXT 2.0, first episode, which I think debuted at like 700,000 viewers, just getting clobbered by AEW uh, still. But um, it was LA Knight versus Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker won. And the reason that's significant is because LA Knight also later in the night competed in a fatal four-way for the vacant NXT title. So Samoa Joe had to vacate his title due to injury. And Damn. so, um, yeah, so it was... So it's just like, why would you have someone who's competing for the NXT title later lose earlier in the night? But also, like, why is LA Knight in that... He should not be in that in that match. He ba basically just debuted. But the match was supposed to be Kyle O'Reilly, Tommaso Ciampa... LA Knight and someone else. I can't remember the fourth one, but they actually took out Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, and Samoa Joe is not in it because he vacated the title. Because he vacated right. the title. Yeah. There's some new big guy who de who who debuted, but basically they took Kyle O'Reilly out of the match. But freaking Tommaso Ciampa won the title. So Tommaso Ciampa is currently the NXT champion. That's interesting. Yeah, because you like re would read. I feel like that is in conflict with where 
they want to go. Well, where it seems that they want to go, but that's cool. Apparently, that they Ciampa's... want to just put it on Braun Breaker because he seems like he's <laughs> coming for for Champa. Yeah, I I've only seen like I've seen photos of the new set. Oh yeah, and Here I mean to be honest, it's funny to be talking. I mean, it is like it is what it is. It's moving on in it. There's a new new era of NXT. Uh, many of like I mean I feel like every person that you and I I at least I think everyone that I was like at my most invested in NXT is now in AEW anyways it's true I don't want to say that they're trying to fix something that wasn't broken because clearly NXT was trailing behind AEW um, a lot of the stuff that we liked about NXT is still there but also a lot of the stuff kind of seems to be muted by the by the two hours on usa seemed a little bit more pure and it's one hours on the network but there was yeah. still like great matches happening like Dude. especially kyle o'reilly totally i want to rhea ripley so, versus mercedes martinez happened on that like so champa beat la knight pete dunn and instead of kyle o'reilly they debuted a wrestler called von wagner <laughs> sorry von wagner who yeah, in his first NXT match, and he's in the the title picture. Just a lot of weird like booking on this up. show. Interesting, shaking stuff up. Yeah, weird booking. But um, the last couple of NXT champions have had to vacate the title. It's like not not the greatest. Actually, it's a pretty good look because it's like we've just beat the shit out of each other so much that yeah. Is Keith Lee anymore. did Keith Lee vacate? No, Keith Lee dropped it to Carrion. Oh, so we could go okay. To, so we could go to the main roster and put on a shirt and do nothing. <laughs> so the last time we were talking i like basically so basically we did record an episode in the meantime but i decided that it was unlistenable not up to your standards. standards not up yeah. to 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 my great standards of this wonderful program the standards and oh. practices of torture act <laughs> and cut the episode but one of my favorite things about it was i was just basically telling john about things that were happening on raw so you know, Rhea Ripley was the champion. I was like, oh, yeah, now Nikki ASA. Oh, right. And that, that was a time where, a... I, yeah, I didn't realize. Yeah, I, I didn't know. You were so confused about everything. Now I've been waiting till we record this episode because I'm going to send you a picture of Karrion Cross on the main roster. Oh. And I just, just hope to God that you haven't seen this yet. So you can go to your email now. Basically, they took Scarlet away from Karrion, and now this is what he looks like. What if this was just to show us emailing pictures back and forth, and responding? <laughs> it's a very good guys waited visuals. four months, and now you can listen to us email each other. <laughs> I so I have seen a photo of him in this outfit, what but I haven't fuck? seen this. This is him too, or is this a joke? This is this him. is him. This is him. Is this like a promo? Why? <laughs> this is him coming out. He's wearing like. But just the close-up, it looks like he's, like, backstage. So Mark no. has sent me a close-up of Karrion Cross, his head and shoulders, and it's, like, the close-up of, like, the, like, sort of, like, Mad Max The mask. Jason, Jason slash, Mad Max looking uh, fucking Hannibal Lecter mask. Yeah. He's bathed, and it's his, all like, red. It's all red. He's bathed in red light. Um, he doesn't <laughs> have Scarlet coming out anymore. It, it's, I honestly think that... It's Vince's new project just to destroy Karrion Cross because he's so pissed 
that AEW beat NXT. So he's like, oh, I'm going to take your champion. I'm going to make him look like a fool. He looks like he should be in, like, Mortal Kombat 5 or something. He like, does. He looks, he looks like an ancillary terrible. character from Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Like, totally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, like, interesting. Uh, I mean, it, it is hilarious to see this picture. It's just interesting to be in a position now where I feel like I, throughout this whole podcast, have been, like, maybe, I mean, not that you're not optimistic. Like, you, I feel like, are always trying to find something great within WWE's uh, output, like, you're always curious to see what's going on at least at the very least and i am always like sure let's watch the pay-per-view like i'll be drawing and whatever like there'll be like a six cesaro seth rollins match however i did i did cancel my subscription right i think it was right like right after wrestlemania i was like okay and certainly things have changed now but yes please continue and i feel like now i'm at a position where it's just at a point with it where it's like well AEW and just GCW indies and wrestling in Japan wrestling all over the world is just like way too good right now to spend any sort of energy like hoping we're gonna find I don't know what we're looking for you know what like I mean me and Thomas have been joking about this but it's exactly what you said like I've been taking it as it as it comes I haven't been watching television I've been watching recaps right you know constantly just mesmerized by how silly the storylines are and how the 50-50 booking just kills absolutely everybody and they refuse to really book anybody strong as a star other than, like, Roman Reigns and, like, Goldberg and stuff. But um, this SummerSlam that we watched, SummerSlam 2021, really changed things for me. Like, it, to me, was the culmination of all of the bad choices that they've been making over the last, you know, three years was that show in just, like, how bad the booking was, how ridiculously that show was put together, and the fact that, like, these are the big storylines that they have was. I think it killed WWE for me to the point where, you know, I'll probably watch the recaps right now, but I don't know. I say this every time, but it's going to be hard for me to watch another one of those shows. Like you said. The next one I could imagine us watching together is the Royal Rumble in January. Yes, that's a great point. But it's, you know what? It's, It's not that strange because we're also, I mean, if we're not watching NJPW shows right now, why would we be watching WWE shows? Yeah. Well, the G1's heating up, so I'm definitely going to watch. Like, oh, through... I'll for sure watch the G1, but we have not been keeping up with all of like the smaller shows that have no, been No, I've, I've silently been watching Strong every now and then. Like, I don't think I've really messaged that to you and Thomas. Why are you, why are you keeping this from me? <laughs> what the fuck is you wrong you? got to watch, you? like, Dickinson and Brody King. Like, I feel like Strong is a good, like, it's a perfect sure. one-hour show. Uh and they feature so many of our favorites from outside of like people we don't get to see all the time like dickinson and brody king like two dudes that are like definitely i mean favorites of both of ours but yeah definitely people that i want to see like wrestle so yeah i've every time i don't know anytime i've had like nothing to watch or listen to i've thrown on strong um i just sent you another carrying cross photo (laughs) i've always (laughs) I've enjoyed it, but um, yeah, dude. I think in my mind that's the next time I'll watch it, dude. This is so funny. This actually, it. I know this, all these jokes have already been made. It's like it looks like he sent me like a demolition, like a picture <laughs> of demolition. Like, uh, he looks so ridiculous. There's no way this could be someone trying to make something good. What do you mean? This, like this... he's going to be Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> Big East champ. They had to. They had to slingshot the belt onto him because. 
um, AEW has been for the last two weeks beaten Raw in the eighteen to forty nine. Dude, which AEW is, is at a point AEW now. Is forget it. At, like at the tipping point. Like how? Like regardless of just, I've been saying I like you you many many podcasts ago, probably around the time that we were talking, we were covering full episodes of Dark on this. Uh, you made a point as to why ratings were important and it's not something that i've ever really lent much brain space to just because it's not something that i i don't know it's just not a thing that has interested me as a fan but it is cool to see just how much aew has exploded in such a short amount of time from july to now so much has happened and there's so many potential like i feel like back in july you and i were saying all of the different matches that could still happen in aew that haven't happened yet and now it's like everyone else that hit it's been added in. Like we still haven't even. We seen, didn't even like, think about. I did not think about Adam Cole in this no. whole mix. You know what I mean? Like I was not expecting that. I mean, when he started to like his contract expired, sure, but it wasn't something I was thinking about for for months ahead. Not at all. No, and not something. And you and you, you know he's someone. And who could have predicted like all of the different like press that happened with WWE that was negative would have come forward like around this exact same time. Uh, I guess not negative press, but like sort of like the all of the um, the Nick Khan interviews that happened that were like sure. kind of like anti like you know the wrestling that we all love basically. Uh, and it's like they're it's like they're they're trying to own the fact that they're not good at it's like doing a sto- pro wrestling. Well, just and like they're the just like, well, yeah, sport. we're not a pro wrestling thing anymore. We're not even a sports entertainment thing. We're just like think like I this drove me crazy at SummerSlam. There was more entrances. Then there were matches. But literally. We now literally. know that is one thing WWE can get right. <laughs> After the Suzuki incident, WWE hosts had to fucking play a song. They had Rick Boogs come out and play Shinsuke out, and he didn't even have a fucking match. Oh right. There was just a dance break in the middle. He just came great. in and danced. I was like, what is <laughs> what are we watching right now? Yeah. I, I could not believe it. But yeah, AW, they're they're absolutely exploding. I was thinking, like, there's no way they're going to give away this Daniel Bryan-Kenny Omega match in one week right. at the at their Grand Slam. But it makes perfect sense. They're, they're on such an upward trajectory. It's like, why not make every single week a huge must-see event? And it's like, match one of them. Like, they'll probably have, like, a trilogy of matches. Absolutely. Like... And I, to my discredit, I'm always thinking about the pay-per-view as the big thing. And it is a big thing, but their model is TV. Like, they make the mo- more of their money, like, from TNT and stuff like that, you know? The, the AW Super Show next week, or the two shows, Wrestle Grand say. Slam. Yes, AW Grand Slam. So, I just want to read the matches for Dynamite, Brian Pillman Jr. versus MJF, which I just absolutely love that they're putting Brian Pillman in this spot. Dude, totally. You and I have enjoyed him. He's been awesome. The Varsity Blondes have been awesome. And I think CM Punk named him as, like, one of the people he wanted to work with he sees potential in him and and that's probably is why he's probably why he's getting like fired up right now like most you know he's in this feud with mjf and then maybe like because right now it's like punk is going through team taz Mm -hmm. maybe after team taz is brian pillman jr could be Uh, yeah absolutely maybe if brian wins uh, against mjf that'll give him some momentum also like I know you're run, trying to run through the list, but I cannot no, believe the out-of-character MJF video that I sent you. Oh, my gosh. 
like, couldn't believe we watched a video where someone was a bigger dick than MJF. Like MJF <laughs> came across like as like a really sensitive, like soft spoken guy, and e- Ethan Page was just like, like impossible a... to listen to. <laughs> yeah. It's awful. Uh, like a shock jock. 100%. And... Like, he is his character. Like, MJF isn't, but, like, he definitely is. Like, sometimes, too, it's like you think... Like, he's just being mean. That's, like, cheap heat, and it's easy. But, right. like... I don't know. His, the conviction he has to the character MJF... Totally. At all times, everywhere. And then seeing who he really is, like, in that in those it's videos... Amazing. Is yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Him yelling at a child whose like father has just died <laughs> and stuff. Him yelling at him calling um, Stephanie Metheny on Dynamite. Oh my the gosh, father, the whole the, Pillman MJF stuff is so good. Like uh, he, he's going he's going nuclear on them, and uh, yeah, he just seems like a really like a really sweet dude. And this is actually the first time I've seen that out of character. To be honest, it was a little off putting. I was like, I want to keep Kate. If you're curious, look up. It's I think it's called Ethan's Amigos. Like the Egos Amigos. Egos Amigos, right? Yeah, that's the Uh, show. Is a show. You probably could just search Ethan Page and MJF and find it. Uh, Also on. Oh, you were gonna say something? No, go. I was gonna ask you to keep running down the cart. Here I go. Also on the Dinamente, we have Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. I'm scared for this one, dude. Dude, was Malachi in AEW the last time we recorded? No. That was like we were hopeful that he, maybe Andrade was in AEW at that time. I think right. Andrade was. Yeah, we forgot uh, that. Yeah, also Malachi Black debuted. Uh, probably John's number one hope uh, and wish in For sure. My, more so than any of the debuts. Like, I, I cannot deny the hype. You were not invested felt. in CM Punk that much. When he yes. came, you were like super psyched. Yeah, I can't like, deny how exciting that moment was. That was the most exciting moment AEW has created by far yet is Period. CM Punk yeah. coming out at the United Center in Chicago. I've rewatched that so many times. Um, Chills. Yeah. But for me personally, yeah, as a fan, like Alistair Black, I don't know. Like, yeah, back when I was first getting into wrestling again, I feel like he was one of the people where I was like, I really want to see him like, like in new Japan. And it is actually hilarious like, how much of, things happened and we did not record any podcasts. Like we, like you said, we concentrated on like minutia and we were like, Oh, wouldn't it be great if some of these things happened? And then they all happened during our hiatus period. We book a whole WWE draft and then go nowhere with it. (laughs) (laughs) But we can't hop on and record that. My, one of my personal look at our draft and see who in that is still in WWE. Probably the top of our first picks are, well, like I know like Rhea, probably a lot of the, our, uh, the female picks are probably, but luckily she lost to Charlotte. Luckily it was, she was holding that belt for a little too long. Man, we were so happy with WWE at the start of the year when uh, Bianca Belair oh, and yeah. Rhea are champion, and now neither of those people are the champion anymore. No. Isn't that sad? It is. I actually don't even remember who beat Bianca. That's how little I care. Becky. No? Good lord. Did she? Yeah, anyway? remember that? I'm, I actually I didn't really want to talk too much about SummerSlam at all, but like, <laughs> that's something I thought you were going to talk about. Remember, uh, didn't she get beat in like two seconds? There was the- oh my gosh, Becky! Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, one of the worst Becky, uh, booking decisions of all time. Um, waste Becky's debut. Someone that everybody wanted to see come back. Waste that moment to dethrone Bianca Belair, who has been 
you know, pound for pound, maybe like the most consistent wrestler they've had there in the last like six months. 100%. I. How do you do that? It boggles the mind how they, how much they fucked that up. At least apparently they're making Becky a heel, but I thought it was, I thought it was a big deal that they brought back Brock and Becky that night. Like I was like, well done. Like they at least did something to counteract like CM Punk's debut, but right. um, good Lord. So you oh, got nerves God. about Malachi v. Cody? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at the SummerSlam card right now, <laughs> and I'm just like, Jesus Christ. This was the worst show ever. Oh, my God. Drew McIntyre versus Jinder Mahal. What a shit match that was. Oh, my God. Lashley versus Goldberg. Trash. Yeah, trash pay-per-view. I'm done. But, yes, I'm really worried about Malachi and Cody, man. Like, I got to say, like, I love... I love Cody, but what the fuck is this man doing? Like, can't he just lose to Malachi without it being, like, a a thing that he has to take his fucking boots off so he can leave for four <laughs> weeks so he can come back and, like, get his win back? Like, he can't... The guy can't even lose without making it about himself. I'm sorry. Like, turn Cody heel. Like, did, wasn't that your whole... Didn't you have a big? I have a about whole that? doc written out. Maybe I'll put I'll publish it in Torture Rack issue five uh, about how, in like, probably now season four of AEW, <clears throat> Hangman is the top face and Cody is the top heel. I think that's pro- that is is very possible. But I just like I don't see if Cody can even see how much of an egomaniac he is, like when it comes to these things. Like Malachi came, got a big win off of him. He should have just like left don't make it about you take your fucking boots off and mumble for like five minutes that retirement speech oh my god because you knew he was just gonna be back you knew it was just like (laughs) this is just to for cody to get people to talk about him instead of malachi at this debut i think it's despicable honestly i think cody should go to jail (laughs) wrestling jail you know but if like i feel like he wins this match i'll be pissed i feel like i should be more fired up about it but i feel like i don't know like if Cody wins this match against Malachi, how will you feel? I don't know that I... I mean, I I feel... Personally, I feel like Malachi should win, of course. Just based off of the feud. And based off of how fast he beat him. Because it's not like Cody has been... There's not like a story that's being told right now that we know of. That Cody's been training, like, hard. It just feels like he's going to come back just like after Brody Lee squashed him in two seconds. The only reason that's allowed to happen is so he can come back and get the bigger win. It's like Rocky. Rocky loses yeah. for a the second. First I was match, like, "Is this for the so TNT belt?" Back. Yeah, true. I don't know. I like. I just. I still am a fan of. Like, I still am a fan of Cody. I would say I'm a fan of his in ring work. Of course, I'm a fan of Cody because you know why? Because what you said about MJF, he has conviction on the mic. He can sell almost anything. He can almost sell like rah rah American shit to me because he's so good on the mic. <laughs> And he, yeah, he's a good in-ridden wor- worker. I just like, we've talked so much about just like how long his entrances go on. Yeah, how he's the how he's the only person to come out of the center, right? The center entrance. Like, I just feel like he gives himself all these special privileges and then pretends that he's not the Triple H of AEW. Yeah, I guess just as we're talking about it, like I think they need. I think it would not be the worst thing if he beats Malachi because he is. It, beating him is like beating beating Cody at this point in AEW is like it's like beating Hulk Hogan. Or it's something. like well no, I mean it's like equivalent to like winning a title right now. The way that he's able to sell a feud, like really the only feud that I feel like and this is maybe not even because 
I think the only feud so far that he has had that didn't really work, at least for me, and I think in general, as a general, maybe like not even personal taste, just like it didn't work that well, was the USA versus the UK thing. Like, just like yeah, really poorly timed and just like not a, it just was very like outdated in terms of like what they were trying to sell. But like, if you think of all the different people he's worked with and put over and like, you know, I I have a hard time being against somebody built strong that got Eddie King's helped Eddie Kingston get to where he is, helped at Ricky Starks get to where he is. Like yeah, those I, those matches, and they're two of my favorites. Right. So I, I just like Malachi. The only is, person he seems to have put over and not got the win back, as far as I can tell, is Darby Allen, and I commended him for that. Well, and that's a big deal that you could say that. And I'm just I guess the way I feel right now is that Malachi as he is right now is he and Cody are on the same like power level or level of like, if someone were to beat Malachi, that would be a huge deal. Like if jungle boy were to face Malachi and jungle boy wins, that to me would seem as impactful as beating Cody right now. So to me that it's like Moxley and Kenny beating each other or something, you know, it's like, okay, that's fair. No, it's fair. No, I guess like, I feel like I should be more mad about it. Wish like, that he wouldn't just come back and take this win back. Like I just wish that I agree. Malachi could yes. have one over Cody. I want Malachi to be like undefeated for a while and then let his first loss be like I mean in in saying that, yes, personally I agree. I it would be great if his first loss was a long time from now and he was undefeated. And imagine this episode has like by the time this drops the matches happen and like a Malachi won. And I'm just like so pissed off about <laughs> yeah, all this it's, stuff. It's just like yeah, it's all resolved. Um I will say him coming out and asking the House of Black to please rise was such a great line on the last that was episode awesome. last night's dynamite. Like Yeah, his matches great. have been has been, have been decent so far, but his presentation has been like ten out of ten. Yeah. Well and I think I that's like what it's like, like about right now. Yeah, you're right. And I think he's picked up the mantle from Karrion Cross as having like the coolest entrance. Oh, oh. looks like an idiot. Right, I see. You're saying they're opposites now? Yeah. No, I'm just saying that, like, before Karrion was, like, had the coolest entrance in in wrestling, in my opinion, it was kind of like before I thought that The Fiend had the coolest entrance, and now both of those are gone, and so it's like, (laughs) Malachi can come in and do the scary metal shit. It's cool to see, yeah, the trend, because his old entrance was probably my personal favorite, where he was lifted out of the ground. Like, oh my god! I hope they like do that for a big, uh, for a big pay per view. I hope they do too. That's like that would be a great callback, maybe for one of his like big matches or something. Yeah, totally. Keep reading down that card, my friend. Oh my gosh! I totally forgot we were even doing that. This is going to be the most. <laughs> I'm not putting like uh, minutes notes for what was in this episode because we're just going all over the place. So okay, Brian Pillman versus MJF, Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes, Sting and Darby Allen versus. The boys, FTR, with Tully Blanchard. I'm excited for this, man. Like Sting's, Sting's been going in the ring. I want to see Sting versus FTR. Um, Dax put on like a classic match with, uh, I think it was Jungle Boy um, yep. on Dynamite early this year. So that's going to be awesome. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, versus Ruby Soho. Cannot wait for this. Love seeing the joy on Ruby's face where she comes out and gets these huge pops from the crowd. Like, oh my gosh. Dude, it must not... have been just absolutely life-changing for her to get this chance. I love so much that the crowd was chanting her name before she debuted. Uh... She's the same person on, on WWE. She's yeah. the exact same person. They just do not know how to 
put the heat on people and like make them look good. Like, did we ever hear a Ruby Riot chant in WWE? I don't like, think so. And no she, offense to Ruby Ruby Riot, like no, you and no, I both no, loved her work. She was in awesome. WWE. They just yeah. like they don't know how to present people. They don't know how to like make us excited about people. But yeah, just uh, like the immediate, and then her the matches that Ruby Soho has had since appearing in AEW have been awesome. Her, that singles match with Jamie Hader, the trios match on Rampage, like she's ripping it up. And that match against Baker is going to be sick. Like. It's cool yeah, that totally. like immediately she's introduced and there's someone on now someone else on Britt Baker's level. True, absolutely, yeah. I I really thought that you know the AW Women's Division is as strong as it's ever, yeah, it's popping ever off been for sure. Um, but it had a little bit of a dearth of just like big stars, and I feel like Britt Baker has made herself into a huge star, and like Ruby Soho in her debut has already established herself as like one of the stars of AW. So so cool. Main event, little man Kenny Omega versus little man Brian. I can't believe we're gonna Danielson. see this match. Like, I think that since they've taken the Suzuki incident, which was like a tweet, and like made it into like a storyline, I feel like the storyline for this should be just like Brian Danielson trying to get his first five star from Dave Meltzer. <laughs> I mean, it basically is what it is, right? I mean, it's. It, I don't think the. In my mind, I don't know that Daniel Bryan would say that, but like, it is what it is, basically. Were you gonna say something? Oh, I was just getting excited thinking about you. You saying that made me just think like how, like mind blowing. These July to September has been for AEW. The other thing we did not hop on the air and talk about. And we don't. I just wanted to mention this. We don't have to talk yeah, about of it. Of course, unrelated to like, you know, all out unrelated to current uh, AEW. But Nick Gage had his AEW debut. Had Nick a Gage. death match on <laughs> in the main event of Dynamite against Y2J. Using light tubes and glass and super sick. That was awesome. Suzuki has fought John Moxley. Suzuki debuted, had his music cut short, he but had his music cut short and also like bled more than I've ever seen oh my him God. bleed yeah. to the point where they had to like probably go early, cut early in that match. Like he had to have like eight stitches above his eye. Like all of madness. the things like if we went back and listened to like what we were hoping would happen in AEW as like insane wish fulfillment from the beginning of this show, there's like almost nothing left. It's 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 going to be exciting to see how they can keep this momentum going. Well, we haven't that... seen... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, no, because that was the thing. That's why I was like, oh, don't give away the Kenny Omega-Brian Danielson match right away. It's not because they can't come up with more good matches. It's just because that's something we've been waiting for for so long. Like, what's going to be the next thing we've been waiting for? But with all these wrestlers in the mix, I'm sure yeah. that Tony Khan's whiteboard is full up of... Dude, they have years. Okada hasn't even appeared on AEW yet. Kota Ibushi has not. Yes. Ibushi and Okada both need to wrestle Omega. I feel like Ibushi Omega would happen in New Japan. Okada Omega Omega should should happen happen in in AEW. Yeah, at like Madison Square Garden. Yes. Yeah, totally. Um, That's that's a great point. Um, Just thinking about that, like the fact that those things are, that's just like on deck whenever, you know, I guess it could happen even with COVID persisting since Suzuki is here. Like, we'd have to just work between the companies for someone like Okada to come to. If Kenny uh, was 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 fighting Danielson for like the belt, for example, at a pay per view, and Kenny won, like maybe maybe Danielson gets the win next week, but then when it comes to a pay per view for the for the belt, he loses. 
and then Kenny's like, ah, I'm the best. I'm the best ever. And then the fucking coin drops. Oh, my God. And then well, and we still out. have, like, Hangman incoming to take the belt from Kenny. And Hangman had that incredible entrance. This has been a year of entrances also. Hangman with his Dark Order entrance, maybe that oh might gosh. have been my favorite entrance of the year so far. I know I really, like, hyped up the Wild Thing, Loxley, Kingston entrance at Double or Nothing definitely is up there, too. But, like, that Hangman... That was great, yes. That Dark was absolutely Order entrance. Fantastic. Yeah. I need to give a shout out though to the fucking Lucha Bros entrance at All Out. The entire presentation of that match was like just one of the best things I've ever seen in professional wrestling. That might be my all-time favorite tag team match. I should I'm we, not Should we should we get into All Out? Yeah, totally. Let's talk about the cage match. Like Let's, yeah. Um I think it is. Like I can't think of like I'm someone I'm not I like I wouldn't say I dislike tag team wrestling and I I just like <laughs> that would be a very strange thing for you to say after I hate all tag of team. this year's of I hate tag team tag wrestling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's widely documented on this podcast that I am not a fan of tag team wrestling. Um, it's true. No, I just, like, when I think about ranking favorite matches and stuff, I always think, I go to, like, singles matches immediately, almost always. Sure. But, like, this is the first time that I think, like, in my mind, I would immediately, for as personal taste, this isn't, like, I'm not saying global, yeah, like, yeah. whatever. You know, but for my person personal like wrestling taste, this definitely was like, oh my god! I it's I'm so happy it, for Pentagon and Phoenix to be in this I huge position. Like, didn't know how happy for them I would be. Yeah, like, I didn't know that I would. So I've only cried twice because of a professional wrestling match, and technically one of them was in a promo after the match, which was when Cody told Dustin that he didn't need a tag team partner like he needed his brother and i was like oh god um <laughs> that was like after the match i cried when they won this match and they were like holding the belts and they were emotional like i was like holy shit i couldn't believe how how moved i was um because luchas um right when aw started they had several wins over the young bucks so it's not like they've never beaten them or anything like that it's just like they've been around for three years they've been delivering you know, pound for pound, as good as anybody on matches. Like, Fenix has been in, you know, along with, like, Kenny Omega has been in probably the most, and, and the Young Bucks, has been in the most great matches in AEW. And to see them finally hold the belt, I didn't know it would be so cathartic, but it really was. Yeah, they, Lucha Bros were 100% some of AEW's early workhorses, and... yeah. Totally. To see though things like that, where it's like they deserve it. They would have made way. sense as like, a first. Either way, yeah, they would have. Yeah, but the fact that they they got built up first, like they rebuilt them up to people who didn't know them. So now all of us who have loved Lucha Bros from like you know beforehand, like Lucha Underground and stuff like that, and everyone who just got to know them through Dynamite, everyone gets to experience this catharsis together. And what? Yeah, what? It, like you said, what an incredible entrance! Like, love that they got that big entrance. And yeah. we're not even talking, we haven't even talked about the match yet. We've just talked about the entrance and like the ending. <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 you know, Thomas said it like, you know, I think maybe the Young Bucks uh, versus Cowboy Bebop, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. You guys would rank that like, personally a little higher. A sliver better, but like, I have also, I haven't seen that match in a long time. So, you know, I, to me, they're both A plus matches. Like, I don't, I don't. I think they're both great. I think on on any other day, you know, I think maybe that that the that earlier match had a slightly better story, 
with a, considering yes, that story still going on, and it wasn't just like, oh, Luch Bros won this match and now they get to fight Young Bucks. Having said that, it was like one of the best matches ever with like almost no build, other than the build of them having been rivals for you know, in there's not a particular storyline, but yeah, right. I mean, it's just like they won a tournament and then won the belts. Yeah, I would say that match, and I think you would probably agree, along with. Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole, two out of three falls uh, at one of the earlier takeovers, and uh, Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. Um, either of their matches uh, would would rank up as like the the top A plus matches uh, of this year so far. Yeah, throw Dickinson versus Janela at Spring Break in there, and that's probably my top five. Like, oh I... shit! I also have to throw in. Uh, I believe that was this year. Um, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Yeah, that was match. this year too. Yeah. Uh, that was that's a great. good top. That's a good top five. Totally, yeah. This match just like from start to finish was like incredible. I feel like also something that we neither of us have mentioned since CM Punk has returned. I feel like Jr. has been like he Better. himself said, "You reignited my love for professional wrestling." It was in a promo on TV to CM Punk, but I think that that's true. Like I think he, yeah, I have enjoyed him throughout since cm punk came back he's had so many good calls when suzuki debuted i feel like jr was doing an incredible job like explaining to someone that might not know who he is like like you know he's afraid of him this is someone you should be afraid of like i i can't deny it like jr has been in in fine form. not that we need he's to defend been... him or anything but no just, no like, but like i we, think he gets a lot of shit give jr more shit than anyone on this program yeah i think a lot of people <laughs> i think, think jr's shit on more maybe, <laughs> and, maybe baron corbin <laughs> well and like i just i don't i don't know like i think a lot of people it's easier like on the internet it's so easy to find so much negativity about anything obviously but specifically about the work he's been doing and i think it's been like you know some of the best since he's come into aew um just the way he's played off people, there has been moment. There have been moments where he, I feel like, has been the thing that's holding the show together more than like the other announcers, which has not been the case at all from the from the start. It's always been, you know, like Excalibur and to the lesser yeah, degree, like true. Tony, it's... that are moving the show along. Um, it feels like Excalibur has been doing a lot of the heavy lifting of both, like bringing great emotion to calls, and then also being like extremely technical with calls i loved when cm punk gave him shit for not calling um he called it a a cross arm breaker and cm punk was like i was sure you were gonna call it yuji katana <laughs> oh yeah that was and great yeah like, punk on like commentary slipping. was awesome oh punk is is a natural on commentary he's not like bombastic the way that like taz or or jericho is he's just so natural i just sent you another email with another picture from wwe just because we mentioned uh baron corbin (laughs) (laughs) i feel like they finally figured out the lane that baron corbin should be in (laughs) which is a guy who's hit rock bottom yeah i mean it is pretty funny uh like him looking pathetic with that shitty chest tattoo (laughs) and his oh my gosh i honestly don't know what's going on with this storyline and i don't want to know i just want that's funny seeing this picture he's hit rock bottom and that's good enough for me dude and speaking of the man cm punk on commentary cm punk versus darby was a great match for him to come back to like perfect match for me so we've been talking a lot about how 
you know, this is one maybe one of the best wrestling shows that we've ever seen. I think that if the main event was as good as like the cage match, for example, like it would easily be like the best. I think that's the one thing that keeps it being better than something like, you know, one of the better Wrestle Kingdoms, for example, would just be like the work rate of like the main event. I felt like, because they put that cooler match between CM Punk and the main event with Paul White and QT Marshall, just a fucking waste of space. Uh, I think Thomas sent us an article about like the... I have read the, I have read reason, a few different things. I know what, on, a like, what a cooler match, match is. is. Yeah. I know what a cooler I match get it is. Too. And I think it works in New Japan when or something like that when the work rate is so fucking high between like two huge or matches. Or it's like the next match is going to be an hour. Like <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But I think you should ride the momentum of Punk into Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage cuz like I really wasn't that excited about Kenny Omega versus Christian Cage. Yes, not excited for two reasons. So we get to watch We've seen it. Well, we no no no. Oh wait, I was ex- I was not I was looking forward to Christian Cage versus. Um, I thought we were talking about the cooler match still. I was fine. I was looking forward to Cage versus uh, Omega, like Punk versus Allen. That match was so good. Not to backtrack to Darby versus Punk. No, we should for briefly uh, before jumping I, back I, into what I wanted to just what I wanted to say. But, if you haven't seen this yet, go on Reddit or go on YouTube and Google um, CM Punk Darby Allen Bret Hart. Uh, oh and, yeah, uh, that's so cool. Get, yeah, all the parallels. They they copied five spots from a Bret Hart um, one two three kid match and um, terrific. Sorry, John, go ahead. No, I just I really loved this match and it was cool to see like I don't know just like Punk versus like there's just these matches that are happening. It's kind of like what I was saying earlier with like you know. Cody and Malachi like AEW is in this position with the way that they're booking their shows where like I mean like you're saying you would probably maybe be mad if Cody won but like I don't think it's like the same thing as like if Nakazawa beat Malachi or something you know it's like (laughs) you know okay Cody beat him we'll see where that goes no I'm just pissed at Cody right now because I thought that I just thought that retirement that was was lame yeah was, but anyways, was lame. Took the moment away from Malachi. That's I was just mad about that. That's it. Yeah, the sort of methodical match they had was awesome, and I don't know, like yeah, terrific. As you mentioned earlier, like it's not like I was very invested in CM Punk returning because it's not someone that I watched. It was during a period where I was really only watching like crazy backyard matches on YouTube. So like uh, when CM Punk was active originally, but to see him come back and to see him wrestle was awesome. And like I uh, honestly thought he wasn't going to take the code red because I've heard him say like. Right. Talking about yeah. the code red and being like, oh, yeah, I don't want to take that one. And I figured, you know, he's talked about his bump card. I think the dive, really too, so was bumps. something else he mentioned that Dude, he didn't want to take. The yeah, Darby's, like, he... crash out of the ring. And Darby, like, did not pull a punch on that. Like, he he's one of the fastest wrestlers. He's fast, roster, and it looks like... Fastest. It has impact. Yeah, it's like, it hits, it's hard-hitting. He's like a hard-hitting cruiserweight. It's awesome. Like, it's, it's so it good. It's terrific. Yeah, there were some absolutely sick moments. Um, I loved that Punk hit the go to sleep, but oh, his, right. due, due to his inexperience, Darby out. like tumbled out of the ring, and then Punk's like, "Ah, god damn it!" <laughs> like couldn't couldn't pin him. Of course, Punk eventually got the got the win. I thought that Darby was going to hit him with a poison rana, but he reversed it to a to a GTS. Um, Punk wins. Th- I mean, yes, this is definitely one of those moments, like you said, with um, Cody and Darby, where it's just like. You get put over big 
uh, in defeat. Like, obviously, CM Punk was going to win this match, but Darby looked like a fucking maniac. Um, yeah. This was a match that I'd never thought in my life that I would want to see. You know what I mean? Like, Or that we would I even did... ever possibly see. Like, that, I think that's more what I mean. Like, it wasn't something that, like, popped into my head. Um, but I absolutely loved it. Cannot wait to see Punk versus Powerhouse Hobbs uh, next week. Can't wait to see Punk versus Daniel Bryan. I'm sure it will happen. Um, Taz, what do you think of Punk interrupting you? Listen, everyone's happy. Punk is back. Oh, yay. You keep my boys' names out of your mouth. You don't say Hobbs. You don't say Stocks. You don't say Hook can't even defend himself. He's a mute. You keep their names out of your mouth. And listen, Punk, you think you're going to change the culture like you did on on Talking Smack? Taz changes the culture. <laughs> Sorry, that was a little aimless. <laughs> <laughs> um, We've read the think pieces on what the Art of the Cooldown match is, but this pay-per-view was an all-time high for me. Like, when I think of my favorite pay-per-views of all time, Wrestle Kingdom 14, ECW One Night Stand number one, ECW Heat Wave at 98, and now All Out 2021. Yep. But yep. at because the, the end spectacle, of this... spectacle, even if the match rate isn't as good as, like, the last Wrestle Kingdom or something right. like that, the spectacle of it, the debut of Cole and Brian, just, like, the, 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 the matchups, the great moments, like, John Moxley beating Kojima and then fucking Suzuki coming out after that. Dude, that was incredible. Absolutely and insane. you can get lost in the spectacle, but so much so you can be whipped back, ripped back to reality with a cooler match. And after that cooler match, you can be told that you have lost money and might not be going to full gear. <laughs> and then so, you can set the so, table for the main event of the this great pay-per-view. We were we were we were really excited to tell you that the boys were gonna be back in town. Thomas and I were going to travel you to You booked flights already. We booked flights, we booked an Airbnb, and we bought Rampage tickets to Dynamite in St. Louis. And then Tony Khan decided to fuck us <laughs> and change the event to the week after. But not only that, still hasn't announced where Full Gear is going to be taking place. Uh, the one thing I'm quite certain about is that it will not be taking place in St. Louis. Dude, it's September 16th. The show is November 13th. It's under two months away. Under 60 days away, venue is still not announced. Also, if anyone wants to buy three tickets to <laughs> AW Rampage in St. Louis. I don't know. Are you still going to go, John? I want to get a tattoo from the spot there uh, yeah. called Trader Bob's. So I might go there to get a tattoo and see Rampage. But okay, I might well, not. I don't know. It's two like... tickets then. <laughs> yeah. You get to sit with John. Who wants to sit with John? That's Are you true. Unless, to... I, might bring take with... and I might bring people to the show and give you buy All the right. tickets from you guys. All right. But All right. You know we, what? Can invite, we can invite listeners. Listen, I, they're, they're listen, I don't care about the technical stuff. I just want my money, John. <laughs> Where's my 30 bucks? But anyways, like, beyond just... Like, I think I could have just, like... I w would have just let that match go if afterwards I wasn't reminded of... Uh, yeah, it really did bring us down to earth. Like, like it we lost really a bunch just, of like, money. completely took me out of the show. Because, like, it, all, all three of us started, like, Googling, like, Full Gear <laughs> AW, like, location, location I, I remember I, I found out that, like, somebody was playing 
the next Cat week. Cat Williams I'm... is playing on November 13th. <laughs> I was like, God damn, Cat Williams already booked it. It's not going to be in St. Louis. We were Boxing us we out of AEW. Just yeah. move over our Airbnb. But yeah, it really does seem like we're not going to be able to go. And it really does seem like we're going to get, you know, Hangman Adam Page versus um, Kenny Omega. And we're going to miss that. And we're right. probably going to get another amazing Daniel Bryan match, another amazing CM Punk match. Like, we picked the perfect time to go to one of these pay-per-views. And then it... Just totally backfired on us. Yeah. And should, then, we have gone to, should we have gone to All Out? We should have gone to All Out. I don't think... I'm still a little, like... I'm on it. The only reason that I actually, like, was like, let's go to Full Gear is because it's, like, in... I can drive there. Yeah, it's so close. But I still am, like... I would have anxiety about actually being in, like, a crowd of that many people. Like... It's true. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, everyone can I mean, do what I, they want. But, yeah, yeah. just, like... We would have gone. I would have gone. I would have worn a mask the whole time. Um, oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, in some ways, it's like, well, I don't have to have that. But also, in the other ways, it's like, maybe we're not seeing, like, Hangman versus Omega or, like, other... I, Full Gear is potentially going to be their best pay-per-view of the year. Like, Malachi probably will have a big match because he didn't have a big match. So, it'll on. be your new favorite pay-per-view of all time. It could be. If Malachi <laughs> starts abolishing people's sins again, yeah. But the main I event, think I Cody's going to come fucking abolish his sins first. <laughs> He's going to cleanse him in the in the in the cleansing water of Christ. <laughs> this fucking white suit. He looks like a goddamn <laughs> televangelist. Oh my god. Uh, the main the main event I I really liked. I was really like pumped up about until all of that happened and then I kind of was taken out of it for a long time to the point that I feel like I probably should go back and rewatch it. Yeah, we should probably it. rewatch that match. It was probably better than we gave it credit for. I did get sucked out of the show. And but the I ending... like part of that was Paul White versus QT Marshall. It just really sucked me out. It really like I was, was like, what in a great show. Like this is so good and then it's just like bullshit. I didn't need that. No. But um, the ending of this pay per view is probably the best ending the best ending of a pay-per-view that I've watched since ECW One Night Stand 1 when Stone Cold comes out and celebrates with all of the ECW originals. Like, All right. Can can we just take a little – just a little sidebar here because I want to grill you about something that I just think is – I just don't understand at all. So we were talking to Brave Billy Avery, yeah. and he was talking about how he wanted to do a podcast on WWE ECW, which is, you know, ECW happening in WWE. <laughs> And you were like, yeah, I don't really watch that. And I was like, John, isn't your favorite show WWE ECW? And you were like, no, that's ECW One Night Stand on WWE. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking What is the distinction? It's ECW in WWE. How is that not WWE ECW? Because WWE ECW is the weekly ECW show that WWE produced that like, I see. Okay. CM Punk debuted on that i understand i believe uh bobby lashley maybe was champion at one point if i'm not mistaken okay Okay. um i i thought you were just splitting hairs like on this thing and and i understand was actually a tv show yeah like uh it was it's the the distinction is that ecw one night stand one happened in 2005 before the tv show existed and obviously, I don't know like all, every single detail, but I'm pretty sure the success of One Night Stand One is what led to the creation of ECW as a TV show. Okay. And then, like you know, they started debuting zombies and like I don't know. Yeah, it's like I thought that was on Raw. That also happened in ECW. <laughs> um, um, okay. Yeah, like San- Sandman was like caning zombies. Uh, I I just wanted to say about about All Out because I I gave it shit for we've given it shit because of that cooler match. Um, 
it was so well sequenced as a show. Like opening up with Miro versus Eddie Kingston, another oh match gosh. that I didn't know that I needed, and one of the best matches on the show, like for sure. Like what a great matchup between these two. They're both brawlers. Um, Kingston is like the suplex master, and then Miro is like got that machka kick and like the the heavy strikes and such a monster. Dude, Redeemer uh, Miro is awesome. And Redeemer yeah. Miro is incredible. I can't believe he used to be a nerd with fucking Kip Sabian before. Him versus Kingston. Oh, perfection. It's like Shingo versus Ishii. I was going to say, it felt it felt very much like that, like a like a strong style, like Ishii style match from New Japan. And then, of course, was followed up by Moxley versus Kojima. Yeah, another sick match. And, dude, like... I feel like you and I, I mean, and probably everyone, but, like, both of us, since we speak to each other about this all the time, like, have been just waiting since Miro was in WWE. Like, you can just see The potential. Then. It's so easy it's to like, see, like, just he's a destroyer. Just let that guy yeah. go wild and, like, destroy Kill people. a bunch of like, people and just be <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's like, just turn it on, just flip the switch and let it happen and he will be a world champion. And... Like, now it's like, yeah, like, he's cutting these sick promos, like... Did, did you see, um, so he was like, I'm going to redeem you, Eddie Kingston. Like, I'll and bury Kingston your broken like, bones at my wife's grave, or like, something oh like that. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah, he said all this great stuff, and then, you know, Kingston was like, oh yeah, redeem these these nuts! <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then, and then Miro quote-tweeted that, and was like, your nuts have been redeemed. And then his <laughs> wife quote-tweeted him, and was like, and I will redeem yours when you get home. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you guys are the best. Yeah, um, he's like legit just so good. And He's so good. Moxley's just been having a bunch of just dream matches since they took the title off of him. Yeah, uh, Moxley just, running through New, New Japan Legends has been really fun to see. It's been so cool. Like, second match on the card, but just like, you know, just still still the coolest guy. Like, still, still, it just, he still feels like Stone Cold. You know what I mean? He still has that huge heat. Like, he's just he's just the best. Him coming out the wild thing through the crowd. Dude, and unreal. just facing Kojima. If anyone listening to this has not watched the Kojima-Osprey match from this past mm. year, you should definitely go watch that, especially if you watched All Out and you were like, who's Kojima? That match is like a... And also, if you are a fan of Golden Era Takeover, like, that basically True. is like a takeover match in New Japan with Will Osprey and Satoshi Kojima. Kojima versus Vox was great. That it's just so cool to see. It just adds so much to the card to have a match like that. Like, totally. Just imagine if you were a new viewer of AEW and this was the first pay per view you bought, and the first two matches you watch are just these like n- like nothing you've ever seen before in like WWE, like these strong style, hard hitting brawls. Third match: Britt Baker versus Statlander. Incredible uh, match. Really I feel like good. this really yeah. over delivered because not not a huge story uh, coming into this one, but. Statlander has been maybe one of the most improved wrestlers like on their in their whole division. Like she is just killing it right now. Yeah, her and the best friends and their gang of like weirdos is so awesome. Like Wheeler Yuta. Yuta. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool how everyone's in a faction. There's just so many factions and they actually make sense. It's not just like a collection of, of dudes. Yeah, they're like they That actually is a good point, right? Yeah. Well just like that there's like uh, like the female wrestlers are looped into factions too. Like, um, even though like Tay Ty Conte is not a part of Dark Order, she's like, that's the one thing that I've I've been like kind of really appreciated the most recently is like, you don't even have to be in a faction to like be on screen or be like 
aligned with other people. Like right, Christian doesn't have to be in Jurassic Express to be, to be like hanging out with them, like and it's tagging like, with them. Yeah, it just makes totally. it feel so much more real. It's like okay, yeah, in real life, all of those people are hanging out backstage. Exactly. So why aren't we seeing like? Well, it's Jurassic Express. If Christian's there, that's confusing. It's like, it's cool that it's happening like that. And then, yeah, we get things like this where, like, Orange Cassidy is firing up uh, for Statlander, getting her to get back in the ring. Like, that was a really I great moment that. In, in that mat, in this match. One of the and very few moments where you ever see Orange Cassidy, like, emotional. Get, get emotional, yeah. And just, yeah, Statlander versus Breaker, uh, Britt Baker was such a great match. And I don't know, yeah, I, I, um, would love to see like more singles matches with Baker and just the rest of the women's division. I feel like that's yeah. something that's kind of like been, um, I think she's going to have a great run this year, like res- almost reserved or something. Cause yeah, which is fine. But, uh, like, yeah, just revisiting Baker and Yuka Sakazaki Baker versus Riho would be great. I can't wait to see the inevitable rematch of her versus, uh, Rosa, Ro- Thunder Rosa, which could easily like main event like a big, raw uh big dynamite like yeah somewhere or a pay-per-view or a paper oh my god i would love to see a women's match main event yeah like revolution uh, although with all of these <laughs> big names that they've brought in from <laughs> wwe like i don't know if it seems likely yeah then then after that it was the the great tag match which was you know i think perfectly put in the middle because it was like you need cooler matches from that like that's what you need the cooler from like that was that was huge. And we got it with uh, the Women's Casino Battle Royal. A little bit more of a spectacle match. Uh, got to see a lot of people in action. Obviously, Ruby Soho had her debut, which was another one of the greatest moments of the night. Yeah, Man, the crowd chanting Ruby before Ruby's song played, that was what meant so much to her. It wasn't just that they cheered when she came in. Right. It was that they were like, Ruby, like they were anticipating her. So by the time she came out, she was already like emotional. Well, it it's just, just like, like such a beautiful moment. It's like Moxley said on the interviews after his debut back in 2019, where he was like, I was legitimately afraid that people weren't going to cheer me, like cheer my name, like who I am now, like yeah. that I would be seen as just Dean Ambrose coming in. It's insane to think that he is that one of our favorite wrestlers, John Moxley, was also Dean Ambrose like three years ago. Um, and I never even liked Dean Ambrose. I, w- I was okay with him, but it was never a big fan either. Like I just thought he was like he was. They made him. They were always trying to make him so like wacky. Yeah. Just like let's just let this guy be cool. But it's like I forget who did. I don't remember who said this, but someone posted online, like it's in it's wild to think that AEW's fan base is now a draw for wrestlers to sign. Like, cause totally. there, there are these organic moments now like that. Like people, everyone chanting, we all were hoping Ru- Ruby Soho was going to be there. There yeah. was like enough hints for us to think like, okay, probably is going to be, maybe it's going to be her, maybe not. And it was a great surprise. And totally. Oh man. I don't know. Like, and they're using Rancid's song, Ruby Soho as Dude. her song. It's so such good. a good song. Yeah, oh, man. yeah. Her presentation's fantastic. I love that moment. It was a great final four: Ty Conti, Nala Rose, um, Ruby Riot. Or sorry, Ruby Soho and uh, Thunder Rosa. Oh my gosh! Um, I wanted the bell to ring and have a singles match at the end between Rosa totally. and Ruby. I I think we're gonna get that. I think we're gonna get uh, Rosa and Ruby at some point. And uh, yeah, 
Rosa, they 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 had a little fight on the on the apron, and then Rosa hit a huge floating dropkick to eliminate. Um, oh, sorry, sorry, that was earlier in the match, but Ruby Soho got the riot kick to to beat. Uh, yeah, unnamed. Rosa. Inseguri. Right. The uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, after that was probably my least favorite match on the show, other than the 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 cooler match. Obviously, Jericho versus MJF. I'm like, I'm ready for this to be over. Like. Quite. It seems done now. Yeah. Yeah. It seems to be. I'm, I'm glad it's over. I thought MJF um, did some some really great work in this match, though. Like, he threw down an Asai moonsault, which is not something he has ever done. Very true. That was the only time I've ever seen him, like, high fly. I mean, MJF is always... Is always His matches are always good. Yeah. I just... He's, he's I don't very think he's calculated had a bad match performer. The, not yeah. someone who does, like, high fly. Flying moves. And, in fact, I think probably has had promos that are FTR-ish against like high flying sort of the high flying aesthetic and style that is in AEW. um i gotta say with all the big moments on this show like all the organic big moments that were going to happen on the show i i didn't know if they needed to restart this match no that i don't know yeah i think they could have just been like oh his foot's on the ropes and then the referee notices it and then the match continues but yes anyway minor gripe minor gripe uh a good match uh punk versus versus darby and we've already talked about that just, just a really, a really good match. I, I want to watch it again. You know, obviously it took a, CM a little bit of time to like to rev up in the ring and get there, but the dude hasn't wrestled in like what, like seven years. So I thought he was fantastic, and it really built to an to a really good match, and to the point where I would love to see them fight again. Yeah, and excited to see like the ma- other matches that both of them are going to have. Yeah, all together like. All, like like I said, we should rewatch, uh, or like you said, we should rewatch Kenny Omega and Christian Cage. But uh, yeah, absolutely terrific show. If if Full Gear is better, I can't even imagine how good Full Gear might be. Yeah, exciting. You know who we have not mentioned that I have been like completely. We were both mystified by at first, and now I'm a thousand percent on board. Especially after this week, because we're, I'm so hyped in AEW right now. Like I know you're not talking about Dan Lambert. Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, Mar- I, I, that, I don't know, like, if I have the, uh... I'm at least happy that there's a kayfabe reason for him to be on the show, because he's managing the men of the year. For, like, at least two to three segments, he was just taking up time just screaming at the program while being on the program. Dude, I the men like... of the year were doing fine. I like, I was enjoying the two of them. But at least it makes sense before it was just like literally Tony Khan is booking this man to shit on the program <laughs> for like 15 minutes every week. It made no sense. And it was angering me. Uh, I still absolutely hate him. And uh, I'm at while the point I think, of muting his promos. That's the so. thing. And it's like, I, I appreciate like the idea of having like a cornet kind of person like, to like think, but I, I don't think they're doing anything. It's like a lot of like very antiquated language and like sort of, outdated i don't know it's not it's not being used to build like a young flippy star who like is going to show up yes Dan dude that's what i was going to say it's like the way this works in the end like i the way it works in the end is if jungle boy comes out and beats one of them yeah. like so or a darby or someone that's small that has that is like Obviously, they're but even both then, future I, stars. It's not like and I don't, I still... the, the annoyance of having to listen to Dan Lambert no. every week. Um, yeah. Sorry, I, I took you off course there. You were I was talking, talking about something, about something I was excited about, but it's fine. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> Tell me what it is. Yeah, I ho- I hope that just I don't know. The more I think about it, it's like, dude, how how many times did you just say he appeared? Like, you, I know you were just like off the top of your head, like probably three times or whatever before he was aligned with them. How many times have we seen Thunder Rosa on Dynamite since yeah. the match? One of the best matches in AEW this we year. We talk about it literally all the time. Sheeta, but like, like Sheeta has had less airtime than Dan Lambert at this point. Or um, even just like a Brian Cage match. Like, I don't know, like anything. Like, throw Wardlow in a singles match. Like, But anyways, Daniel Garcia and 2.0 come out of nowhere. Red Death. Dude, yeah. This is... Sign this me is, up, dude. Like, so, I think me and John both felt like we had missed uh, an episode of, like, Breaking Bad. And they had just, like, introduced, like, a new character or something like that. We're like, who's this guy? Why is he talking to Walt like that? Like, he seems like big shit. Like... Daniel Garcia, to us, seemed to come out of nowhere. He's beaten up CM Punk. He's beaten up John Moxley. How how does Daniel Garcia have this incredible, like, placement on the show? Like, and now that I've seen him wrestle more, I can't remember who he fought, but it was just an absolutely fantastic match. He it fought was Darby. Derby, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. That was such a fantastic match. He's a great promo. I think it's just, like, it's good to have new blood come in, new heel blood that can be, that can kind of take a loss at this moment. Like, who can look good but still take losses. And it's just, um, there's something about 2.0. So I think a lot of, like, tag teams, like, a lot of tag teams, the way that 2.0 is cutting promos is like they are cutting early 90s WWF superstars promos. Like, Matt Lee looks like a psycho. His eyes are always bulging out of his head. He's, like, screaming yeah. about his son Daniel. Like, especially in the, those that, like, Rampage interview uh, with the I, I, Mark Henry. I think like, Mark Henry is... <laughs> Not good on commentary. I love those. Excellent, excellent backstage interviewer. And like, yeah, the way that that's set up where you see like Mark in the middle and like you see <laughs> I love it. each yeah. of them in their, in their dressing rooms on the left and right. Yeah, it, it does look like, like, yeah, early 90s WWE. I know we were talking about Daniel Garcia 2.0 right now, but since you brought this up, like, I feel like in a decade, we're all going to be nostalgic for Mark Henry saying, now it's time for the main <laughs> event. I love the way he says that. Like he's like, re- like I'm, I have I. <laughs> Does he do that? I don't remember. Yeah, at, at, at the end. Oh, at the end of the, of every the single segment because he does the pre-main event segment. So like for the last every it's time main, for the main event, like, he's so weird on commentary. <laughs> but he's saying it to the camera. I like. Yeah. I look forward to him. I've looked forward to him saying that. Like after the second time he did it, I was like, oh, it's just going to be a thing he says every time. Then he did it the third time, and I was like, oh. I love this. Um, but they cut very convincing. Like, I feel like they don't seem like they seem like those guys all the time. Like it's, it's like, yeah, I, th- I was just reading an interview with Mox where he was saying how, like, that's the great thing about AEW where it's like Eddie Kingston is taking a break outside or like sitting outside the venue before the, the show starts and you encounter him and you encounter the man that you see on TV. And I feel like that's the same thing for like Jeff Parker and Matt Lee where like, 2.0, like, I had never even heard of Ever Everrise, their NXT. Same. I think that's who they were in NXT. And yep. apparently Daniel Garcia had great indie matches, which I had not seen either. So, yeah, like you said, we felt like the two, we felt like we, like, slept on a season or a, a story <laughs> arc. And then, like, I don't know. Who's yeah, this villain? Yeah. Like, who is this, this guy? Awesome, like, trio. And now it's like, yeah, book Daniel Garcia to be in Suzuki Goon. You know, Suzuki yeah, man. Goon Daniel Garcia like, is, is great. I can see why Tony Khan has been strapping the rocket to him. And I mean, it's that 
they're doing a great job. They have a they have a huge roster. They're bringing in a bunch of like you know established stars, but they're still giving the spot to like Daniel Garcia, Brian Pillman Jr. They're still building up like. Yeah, they could people. easily just run off of all of the big stars that they yeah. have there now, like Andrade, totally. Pack, yeah. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. Like the show could have it easily just be all of those people, and it would still be good. But the fact that like so they're featuring all of those people, then all of the, like the AEW originals are getting featured, and then also it's like here's someone probably most of you haven't even ever seen wrestle before, and he's going to be one of your new favorite wrestlers too. Totally. And then like in that presentation, like. I don't know. Yeah, it's just cool that they're doing that. Like, absolutely, it, it really is. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's just so different from anything that's existed before. Like, it's cool to discover a new favorite wrestler through a major wrestling promotion. It isn't just like, yes. oh, Chris Dickinson is now signed to AEW, and we get to see this guy we've been invested in, which probably will happen too, and that's will be cool. But it's they're so cool good that at there's... finding those stars that are already out there. Who are just like ready for the top, ready for this spot? Maybe yeah, the top acclaimed. Spot. Like yeah. they're another. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, like just thinking top flight. Right, nineteen year old. Dante Martin are... completely turned down. He, consistently, yeah, like Dante Martin, they claimed, and Daniel Garcia, all probably as featured as Punk has been, with the exception yeah. of not having a match on the pay per view. Sure, and oh. I mean even people on the pay per view, it changes like because people can actually have time off in AEW. Like, imagine that. Hangman's wife can have a baby, and he can go, oh, you know how I was supposed to main event that pay-per-view? <laughs> can we just, like, push that for two months? And Tony Khan's like, yeah, sure. Like, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, it's like, we'll cool it down with Andrade and Malachi and Pac and We'll cool Daniel it down Ryan. with QT versus <laughs> Big Show, and by the time you're back, it'll be fine. Dude, I'd rather have QT on than Dan Lambert. I'm is that's what the long long game is. All of us not wanting to see QT, they bring in someone we want to see even less, Dan Lambert, so that it's like <laughs> loops back around. It's like bring me back the Nightmare Factory. I want to see uh, QT face uh, Nick Camarado and Aaron Solo yeah. again. It was kind of like when um, they had like uh, Johnny Drip Drip TV on WWE, and then they brought out Logan Paul. And then everyone just started, like, booing Logan Paul. I was like, I never thought I'd be, like, bring Miz back. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Can I hear Miz and Johnny Drip Drip's new song instead, maybe? Um, All right, John. Now it's time for the main event. John Malta's classic match review of Samoa Joe versus CM Punk. On March 19th, 2005, just months prior to his 16-year hiatus from professional wrestling, CM Punk did battle with the Samoan submission machine, Samoa Joe, at the Coventry Sky Dome in Coventry, West Midlands, England, UK. This match is a really incredible confrontation between two wrestlers whose styles perfectly counter one another. CM Punk and Joe stalk each other around the ring before locking up. Joe works Punk into the corner as the commentators note that Punk has never beaten Joe. CM Punk's speed and quickness advantage are evident from the start as he slips around Samoa Joe and evades the submissions Joe attempts to lock in. Punk rolls out of the ring, much to the chagrin of Samoa Joe as he taunts him from the outside. The crowd is on the side of both men in this match as they applaud Punk's prowess, but as he remains on the outside, the momentum shifts as they begin chanting the name of the Samoan submission machine. Punk rolls back in the ring and Joe starts to pummel Punk. Joe throws down a sequence of headbutts and Punk responds by swiftly evading up to the top rope and flipping Joe onto his back using his speed to out-wrestle Joe at this moment. Punk continues to counter Joe with his speed as, he, as the announcers note that his sequence of forearms is reminiscent of the late, great Owen Hart. Joe works Punk into the corner as he smears his boot straight across his face. 
This is followed by a series of chops that look as though they could crumble a marble statue to dust. Punk attempts to fight back to no avail. Joe continues to bring the pain to Punk, but he counters with a drop toe hold and begins to take control of the match. Joe knocks CM Punk to the outside. Punk is down and Joe throws down a suicide dive as all 280 pounds of Samoan meat melt Punk into the concrete floor. Joe taunts Punk as he continues the beat down on the outside. He rolls Punk into the ring, whips him off the ropes, and Punk counters with a hammerlock DDT, followed by a close two count. At this point in the match, Punk is throwing everything he has at Joe, and it doesn't seem to be enough. Joe absorbs a moonsault, makes his way to his feet, power bombs Punk, and wrenches at FTF. At this point in the match, Punk is throwing everything he has at Joe, and it doesn't seem to be enough. Joe absorbs a moonsault, makes his way to his feet, power bombs Punk, and wrenches an STF. Punk looks as if his physical being is melting into the canvas, but somehow finds a way to hit a tornado DDT. Punk goes for the Pepsi plunge from the top rope, but Joe will not abide by this avalanche maneuver. Joe flattens Punk with a clubbing lariat, and Punk responds with a sequence of strikes that crescendos into a shining wizard. Punk screams its clobber in time and sets Joe up for the Pepsi plunge once again, but can't lock it in. Joe evades, hits an avalanche muscle buster, and locks in a three count for the win. Dude, what a sick match. And you know what we did not get to mention that I can't believe we slept on because I both of us, you were tra- you are on vacation and like right. traveling, and uh, I've been deep in the weeds on Hunter Francis issue too, but... Matt Cardona became GCW champion. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mox beat him for it, but, like, became a, a incredible heel, completely reinvented himself, um, made a GCW spinner belt. Like, <laughs> Yeah, Matt Cardona was just ripping it up, like, as a heel in GCW. It's one of those things where you're just like, so Matt Cardona is going to be fighting Nick Gage, and then by the end of it, you're like, man... I am so glad this happened. Like, Matt Cardona was such a fun... And he wins and starts referring to the GCW universe. Like, that whole, like... His whole character of, like... I'm better than you guys because I was in the WWE. And I'm a WWE superstar, and this is the way it's supposed (laughs) to be done. Like, works so well. Like, I I think it would work anywhere. Like, it would be funny to see, like, Especially in GCW because it's such a, like... uh, Yeah, like... I don't know how to say it. Like, hardcore promotion, I guess. It's just so, yeah, uh, in contrast to everything that GCW stands for. Um, and upcoming in GCW, we have friggin' Minoru Suzuki versus Joey Janela. You must be shitting your pants Oh my for that god, match. I can't wait. I'm definitely gonna re- get that show. Uh, that whole Fight Club weekend. I don't think that's on the Fight Club weekend shows, but uh, I think that shows in September, like the end of September. But then there's like a bunch of shows in October, too, that like uh, Mox and Gage are on, and a bunch of other, like... Suzuki, I think, is staying through that and is going to be on those shows, too. I don't know if they're doing another Bloodsport or not. But, yeah, there's a whole string of GCW shows in October that are looking pretty awesome. Um, Yeah, dude. Wrestling is just so good. And the G1 is upon us. And we're going to watch every single match. Chase Owens matches, all of them. We're watching them all. Honestly, cannot wait. Can't wait. I honestly can't wait. Like, we we watched, My favorite time of year. We watched, I would say, like, together we watched every single G1 match uh, last year, and we made the, the, G1 the G1 bracket. Special. It's so funny. I was going to say, like, let's put the our G1 bracket in the Torture Act issue, but we might have another G1 bracket. <laughs> 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 so, yeah, issue uh, five, I, I mean, I know it's mostly on me to, like, get like you have an article you're working on, but I just need to draw everything. Most of my articles are almost done. I'm really excited for you to read my, uh, 
as a teaser, I'm doing like a in memory of tribute to New Jack. Uh, and oh, amazing! Very excited for everybody to read it. Um, probably one of my favorite things I've written for Torture Act outside of uh, the my Tokyo Odyssey. Um, sure, I can't wait. I can't wait too. It's gonna be an exciting time. Exciting time for wrestling fans. You get to read the new Torture Act. Oh yeah, issue five. Well, my plan was and still is to have it done for full gear, even if we're not there. So. Can't wait for that, Johnny. This has been another episode of the Torture Act podcast. You can follow my co-host, John F. Malta, at John F. Malta on all social media. You can follow me at Waste of Taste on Instagram. You can follow us at Torture Act on Instagram. And if you're listening on Apple Music, feel free to leave us a review. It really helps us to find new people to join the Torture Rack Wolf Pack. Woo!